The warm, woodsy smell of the campfire and the comforting crackle of the flames did nothing to curb my frustration. I glared at the picnic table with my hands on my hips, as though it had hurled insult after vicious insult at me. And though the source of my frustration was founded in my inability to find the item I sought, I simply stood and glared and waited for the table to produce the missing item in lieu of actually hunting it down myself. It took no action to oblige me, of course, and I finally growled in displeasure and slapped my hands down in frustration against my thighs. What's the matter, little one? His voice drifted from his lips to my ears over the sounds of the fire's telltale snapping and the smooth guitar licks from the solar-powered radio that he had insisted on bringing and the conflicting rap beats and alcohol-fueled hoots from neighboring campsites. He was stoking the fire with the long, thick branch he had found upon our arrival and deemed the official fire stick in preparation for the s'more-making session we were planning on. But in my irritation, I very nearly told him to forget it entirely and just sit back down. I can't find the marshmallows, I said, opting for a terse tone rather than a snappish one. Did you look on the table? he asked. I had an immediate moment of conflicting logic and emotion. My logic told me that, of course, he was distracted by the fire and probably making sure I had covered all my bases. Perhaps he was even just being a smartass. My emotion, however, was the dominating factor as per usual, and I immediately felt a flash of annoyance that burst out of my mouth before I could stop it. Of course, if either of my kids had said such a thing, that something burst from my mouth before they could stop it, I would have scoffed and told them such things didn't happen, and that self-control was a minimum standard, not a luxury. I was thirty-one years old for heaven's sake. I wasn't a sulky teenager. I wasn't a sulky teenager, and more importantly, my relationship with the man who'd rescued me from myself after an extraordinarily bitter divorce wasn't one that allowed for what happened next. He had me all to himself for the week, and that was glorious and wonderful. My asshole ex-husband had the kids, and that meant a whole week out here in the woods. I should have been overjoyed. I should have controlled myself. I didn't. No, I didn't look in the first and most probable place for them. I can't believe I didn't think of that. I mean, here I am wasting all this time looking in obscure places like the bushes and the sleeping bags and the car when, in fact, I could have just searched the table. What would I do without you? My sarcasm had barely finished its final lilt when I realized that I had just secured my fate, that I was in more trouble than I could have fathomed when the first syllable had left my mouth. My stomach rolled at once in a tumultuous mixture of excitement and fear. I knew without even noticing the pause in his shuffling footsteps and crunching shifts in the kindling that his eyes had narrowed and his posture had straightened. I knew he was rapidly rolling through a series of responses to best choose which would be appropriate. I didn't have time to stammer out an apology or even to break the immediate threat with a joke.
By the time I was able to untangle my tongue, enough to even consider which words to use, his hands had snaked around my waist from behind. To anyone else who happened to be passing by our campsite at that moment, it would look like a sweet, loving gesture of adoring affection and desired closeness. I knew better than that, though. I knew what was going to happen before it actually happened, and I had no chance of stopping it.